welcome to Sapphic Survival Guide, where we are queer to answer your questions. My name is Cheyenne. I'm Gina. And I'm Sal. Class is now in session. Today, we're going to be talking about everyone's favorite, uh, slightly controversial topic, red flags. Um, so do we want to go ahead and like kind of define a red flag? Because I feel like there's red flags, but there's also like the yellow flags. And then we can start listing some of our own personal uh red flags that we like to be aware of when we start uh, interacting with anyone new. Yeah, I would define a red flag as any sort of indication uh, or warning that you should maybe not move forward with mm-hmm. whatever it is. And this, I think in a lot of this context, we're going to be talking about it in a relationship format. Um, so a red flag is something that you get that like makes you weary that maybe maybe this isn't the best person, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. I feel like it's important to like differentiate between the red and the yellow, because I feel like red is like a big warning sign, obviously, hence the red and yellow is like, Oh, maybe this isn't the best fit, but not something that like is going to completely turn me off from this person. But we like, I've never really heard a yellow flag. Yeah. That's a thing. It's like, is it necessarily like a big thing to me, but it might be something to watch out for. Yeah. It like gives you a, yeah. For me, a yield is- sign, not a stop sign. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, what are some red flags that you both watch out for? I made like a pretty long list, but I want to hear yours and then I'll read some of the things because I'm sure we'll have a lot of overlap. I think my biggest red flag, and I know this sounds obvious, but mm-hmm. I would say like lying and I don't just mean lying, but I also mean stretching the truth. And I don't think you notice it at first or sometimes you don't find out till later. But in one of my previous relationships, like my ex had told me something that later on, I found out to be a really big exaggeration Mm. and I really wish I'd paid attention to that because I think that was his biggest red flag was like, I don't know, just like not being straightforward. So I know lying seems like, duh, but sometimes you don't think about it. Like someone being like, oh, they're just a friend. And then you find out it's more than that. Like even just Mm -hmm. little things like that. I've been sober for a year and a half and then you find out it's three months. Like, yeah. Yeah. That was one of the things I have, which is like, if you notice that they're lying to everyone around them, like you catch them in the lie or they're telling you that they're lying, that it's going to be you eventually. Mm. So that was definitely one of the things I had on my list. Mm-hmm. Is there, is there anything else? One obvious one, I think a lot of people use this like politics, how they lean, because it can tell you a lot about like their values as a person. Um, yeah. So you can, you know, like if you can distinguish who they're voting for you can tell what's important to them what's not important to them and if it aligns and stuff um how they treat other people how they treat wait staff Mm -hmm. and like yeah that was something else I had on my list (laughs) huge huge red flag for me and it's a huge like indicator of how they treat other people yeah I was gonna say like anyone they see as beneath them like if they're even if it's just like I don't know, like someone with tattoos and they're, they don't have tattoos and they're like, mm-hmm. like you know what I mean? comments like, that they'll say and stuff. Yeah. So some things from my little list. One of them is like, you know, those people who are like, I hate drama all the time, and all, but then they're also always talking about how they're in some sort of drama. I yes. think that's a red flag because it's like, no one cares about drama that much unless they're dealing with it all the time and you're the common denominator there. Um, but then on the other side of that coin, I feel like if someone can't have healthy conflict and it's just like passive aggressive and refusing to like approach situations in their lives, life, like, uh, 
maturely. I feel like that is also a red flag. Um, someone who refuses to talk about the future with you, someone mm. who says that you can't take a joke when you try and talk about your feelings, or yeah, if they say something and they say you can't take a joke, that's not like I'm getting accountability. Some flashbacks. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting lots of flashbacks. Um, <laughs> only talking about surface level stuff is another red flag. If they can't like really go deep emotionally with you or talk about anything beyond the surface level that might be a red flag that you aren't connecting um and that that might not be a red flag for you but depending on the relationship you want to have it could be uh someone who refuses to apologize or can't take the blame for anything or always puts the blame on you that's a pretty big red flag because yeah eventually you're gonna feel like everything's your fault <laughs> which isn't a great feeling um I think this is like a big one that I feel like a lot of people kind of justify because I see it from like that point of view but like when I feel like we've all experienced someone like getting super busy and then just like kind of disappearing and then like popping back up and being like, oh, I'm sorry, I was busy. But it like takes two seconds to send a text and be like, hey, I'm really busy the next week. Like I'll talk to you when I can or like making a plan to reconnect again. But like just disappearing without communicating unless it's like an emergency, usually a pretty red, yeah. pretty red flag because I feel like it's pretty easy to send a two second text and let someone know like why you won't be in touch. Um, uh, so that's kind of yeah. a red flag if they, you know, can't let you know or won't let you know. Uh, but obviously that's a case-by-case -case basis. Another one is having to be right all the time. Mm -hmm. um, playing hard to get is like a big common one, probably pretty immature and want to play, wanting to Seb play Seb doesn't look happy about that answer. <laughs> Called uh, but I do agree. <laughs> someone who's constantly jealous and can't trust you and is constantly like accusing you of things, probably For uh, no reason, not yeah. a good thing. Yeah. Like if they don't have a reason to, probably uh, not the greenest of flags. When someone's still hung up on an ex, that can be a red flag, mm -hmm. but they're not available for Ooh. you. And then Ooh. a pretty big one is isolating you from friends or family. And that yes. can also just look like, especially in the beginning, is like not letting you go do things without them or getting upset if you want to spend time with friends or family. Um, so that or way, alone. you know, they're not, yeah, like that way you're not out, they're not outwardly stopping you, but like it is stopping you. Um, so those yeah. were some things that I have experienced um, myself and just like I Googled a list of red flags and I was like, oh yeah, I've experienced a lot of these or have yeah. seen a lot of these play out. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of time it's like, one you're ignoring them in the moment but two it's like in retrospect it's way clearer to see mm -hmm. red flags like that um someone said like our next question how can you be more aware of potential red flags if they don't start until you're already in love or like why is it so hard to notice them in the beginning of a relationship but so easy to see at the end of one I think for yeah. a while, like when you're first getting into a relationship, you're just like excited and happy. And for everyone's me, on their best behavior at the beginning of a relationship. Yeah, you want the other person to like you. You're not showing them all. And of you your assume the thoughts. best. Like you yeah. don't go in assuming someone's an asshole, yeah. you know? Mm -hmm. That's why it's, it's called the honeymoon phase for a reason. Mm -hmm. Like with anything in life, if you look back on your life, you can see things so much more clearer like I know that really cliche phrase hindsight's 2020 but even like as queer people and we look back on our life we realize oh my god I was gay the whole time and I didn't know and sometimes unfortunately it's like whoa the red flags were there the whole time and I didn't know because mm -hmm. you, there's so many things that can blind your vision and you do 
in, in theory and in practice want to think the best of people, but once you're out of it and you can have reflection, obviously things are going to be more clear than if you're in it. And I think some of it has to do with like wanting to be loved or like liking some of the things about that person that, you know, you're hoping that maybe that red flag will go away or maybe I can change them. Um, Mm. Probably not going to happen. Yeah. But I feel like that's a thing that we all experience is that like we want the ideal situation, but that's not usually how it transpires. In terms of being more aware, I think the only thing that we really can say is like, learn your lesson and get smarter every time. Like practice makes perfect. The more you date, the wiser Mm -hmm. you get at it. (laughs) So another question we got, how do I know if I'm the red flag or if they are, which I feel like is a very existential question. Because how do we, how do any of us know? We are all, we all have red flags. We all have flaws. We all have things that don't mesh well with other people. Like we are all red flags to some people. Well, yeah, but like, are you in therapy? Are you self-aware? Are you working working on on yourself? Are you aware of your, you know, flaws? This brings me back to this guy that I was dating at the beginning of the year. I was like, oh my God, in this situation, I'm the fuck girl. Like he has a shit more to get. Like I'm the red flag person in this situation. Yeah. I've I'm seen the, people say that on like Twitter. Like, I was like, I finally met a green the, flag and now I'm the red yeah. flag. I was <laughs> like, he, well, he ended up being not a good he, person. He did but, have red flags. Yeah. Well, that's and you like, like the difference is that it's going to be different for everybody. Like I think some people w- who would meet me and potentially date me would say that one of my like big red flags is that I don't want to have kids or get married. Mm-hmm. But also like my girlfriend doesn't really care about those things. And we've already talked about doing things that would work for us. Like it's not a red flag for her, but I get why that would be for other people. So like red flags sometimes are like you're a dick. And then sometimes red flags are just like, we're not compatible. Yeah. And it's okay to be, you know, not compatible. Personal, I think. Yeah. yeah. Like with my girlfriend, she doesn't want kids. And like a few years ago, I wanted five kids. So that would have been like a pretty big red flag about like long-term compatibility. But she met me mm. in a time in my life where I'm like, maybe I don't want kids actually. Maybe that's not for me. Um, so like, I feel like, yeah, exactly. So I feel like <laughs> she's lucky in that she met me and that in this like um, mindset I'm in, but like in the past that might've been like a barrier to a potential long-term relationship because we didn't want the same thing long-term and I feel like a lot of people those are like red flags that people tend to ignore is like long-term because they're like oh I don't have to deal with that right now I'll deal with that 10 years down the line but then you already have 10 years of relationship with this person and one of you wants kids and the other doesn't and you're like what the fuck do we do (laughs) okay um so someone else said I totally have some should no one date me and yeah. what do we think about that? <laughs> I feel like we, Gina kind of said this in her first answer, which was, you know, as long as you're working yeah. on them and like maybe therapy, yeah. maybe introspection, learning new skills. Self-awareness is huge. Yeah. yeah. Self-awareness. Like, even just being yeah. aware of it and knowing that like, like me, I know that I'm stubborn. I know that I am like really outspoken which is not always a red flag but I mm-hmm. I can make it one like I know what my red flags are and I'm aware of them so I try to like work on them and stuff but it's not that nobody should date you but I think uh you need to be self-aware and you need to understand how they affect you and your relationships mm-hmm. before you continue to move ahead with right and also like- just finding people that you're like compatible with like if you're clingy and that's like a red flag for a lot of people you date find someone who's yeah. also clingy or that's- wants a clingy partner like you need to find someone who wants what you have to offer even if it's a red flag for other people yeah 
agreed um I love this next one is love bombing a red flag if you're both doing it I feel like we need to have like a a good definition of love bombing though because I feel like like I was talking to my friend about it recently and she was saying that she love bombed in a lot of her past relationships and I was like well how did you love bomb and she was like like I was texting them a lot and like complimenting them and wanting to spend all this time with them and I was like well that's not really love bombing love bombing is like your first week being like I love you I want to marry you you're my dream person like giving them like really elaborate expensive gifts like there's a difference between being like showing interest and then like love bombing and I feel like that it is like a red flag when it's like that intense because it almost always yeah. is followed by like a period of that devaluation and like gaslighting and wanting them to return to the way they used to be yes um, so I feel like you know showing attention and like affection and you know yeah. some gifts are okay but it's like is it a bag of their favorite chips or is it a trip to Ibiza like what is the you right like when I hear love bombing, I hear temporary. That's like, like my girlfriend and I, when we first were together, we were very like validating verbally mm-hmm. and we did try and spend a lot of time t- together, but I don't think it's really changed. Like our relationship is very much still that way. Yep. And that doesn't mean it's exactly the same. Like we live together now. It's obviously like we've adapted in our communication styles, mm-hmm. but I don't think that like there's this huge shift in what we were giving each other in the beginning. And so love bombing to me is extreme because it's, it's not going to last. And that's yeah. um, kind of a red yeah. flag. So like this person who asked it probably isn't going to the extreme of love bombing um is like my guess yeah. but if it is actual love bombing I think that is a red flag because yeah there's gonna be something negative later on that's yeah. why it's happening I now. think to rope you yeah mm-hmm. like Gina said there's like love bombing versus like just being really interested in each other and it's like yeah they gave you a lot of attention and then they ghosted you but love bombing is like a really intense thing that happens to like abuse victims and stuff so it's not always just someone giving you a lot of attention at the beginning of the relationship and then ghosting you yeah it's definitely like a a spectrum of where I don't think there's like a defined line which is what makes it difficult um but yeah like it it varies from person to person and case by case (laughs) yeah yeah so another question we got is why are red flags so often ableist or classist Mm. I, I mean, in what way? I guess so one I, could be like, you know, if their house is really messy and it, it's really messy because they have, you know, a, a mental illness that mm-hmm. is in, impacting their executive functioning and they can't get around I, it. Clean. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if that's a red flag. And I think I also just because ableism really, and classism are so like pervasive, they just seep over into so many different yeah. aspects of sure. life. Like I, on Hot Mess Being Hotties, I do like a pet peeve section and like a lot of people will say like slow walkers, but then some people mm. are slow walkers because they are disabled. So it's like not really taking in the different like intersections of like why someone might be walking slowly. It's just like, saying like, Mm -hmm. okay, slow walkers annoy me. So I feel like it's just because there are so many like insidious little things that are ableist or classist or transphobic, homophobic, fat, any, anything, fat phobic, any, any of that racism. Those are so like deeply embedded into our society and to like the Mm -hmm. things that we're taught to like or to dislike that I think um, that's why a lot of those things come up. But yeah, that I just, okay. I I guess I think that's a pretty hard question to answer. I don't know that any of the ones that we mentioned are necessarily falling in this category. I hope not, but yeah. um, 
I guess yeah. like healthy, the unhealthy conflicts one, I have BPD, so I could see that being related to BPD if, you know, the emotions are going from zero to 100 and, you know, that person's not taking the time to stop and healthily have that conflict. I guess I things know. are just nuanced at the end mm-hmm. of the day. And yeah. if they are falling in these categories, like you said, it's because that's unfortunately what society's structured mm-hmm. to to have. Yes. But um, so another question that we have. So what do you do if your partner's red flags stem from trauma from their previous relationships? And I understand why you'd have to be sensitive in that area, but I I think that partner has to be able to balance not blaming their new partner for things that the previous partner did and also what their boundaries are as a result of their experiences. So but I don't know the red flags. Like, Yeah, I feel like it's just important to like think about, you know, what they're willing to work on and where your own boundaries lie and where their boundaries lie. And if that's doable, because obviously you don't want to be in a relationship where, with someone where their red flags stem from trauma, but it's causing you more trauma. Um, you have to find something that's like compatible and they have to be willing to like kind of work on those things. And obviously not everything is like, you can't just therapize your way out of every situation, but I think, you know, sure. if someone's in denial and not willing to get the help they need, or maybe like turning towards substances instead of like do, putting the work in, like those are maybe not the best situation to be in if they're not willing to put in that work. Like an example I was thinking was like, if someone like emotionally just shuts down because, you know, something happened in their past past relationship or with their family and the way they protected themselves was shutting down emotionally and just not engaging but then if they're doing Mm. that to you that might be a red flag because you want a partner that you can talk about feelings and have conflict with and like get emotional with and if they're shutting down that might not be good for you so you have to figure out where you're able to like meet each other in the middle and like maybe give them space and where they are willing to like like extend the olive branch in the other way a little bit more and like where you can meet in the middle yeah I don't know I feel like it's like just not working with that person yeah one that I've heard that I personally take as a red flag and people will like excuse it as trauma from a past relationship people will be like oh my my significant other always checks my phone because their last significant other cheated on them and for me it's like such a huge red flag when they want to check your phone all the time Mm-hmm. yeah like, you have to learn to build trust in your new exactly. relationship like and there me, is a point yeah yes it could stem from like having been cheated on or something but also I like what you said like it's not an excuse like you can't use trauma to excuse bad behavior because then you're not like breaking the cycle maybe that's, that's controversial yeah. to say but like when you're no, doing the work you're not going to hurt other people from, from your trauma and it, it doesn't mean you're not hurting yeah. but I understand you're dealing with. Yeah. Sometimes things will like trigger you and things can happen. And I'm not saying like based on your trauma, it like makes you a bad person, but there is like a self-awareness that comes with it. Like choosing to do better. It's an explanation and not an excuse, but like it's an explanation and a apology and an understanding versus just being like, that's just how I am. That's just the way I am. I've heard that. I act like this because I'm a Sagittarius moon. Like I know I joke (laughs) about that kind of stuff a lot, but you know, like no, for yeah. sure. Yeah, so I think that's a good point to take a little break and then we can answer the rest when we come back.
right, we are back. And the next question that we have, how do you know how many chances or how much time to give someone before it's time to walk away? Assuming this person has some red flags, I guess, right? I feel like there's not really like a set answer for that. It's like whatever feels right to you. And it's like how minimal are those red flags versus how much of a deal breaker is that for you? Like it just is like a case by case basis and you just have to do what's right for you. I would would say cut your losses. Yeah. (laughs) Cut your losses before you get too invested because then it's going to be even harder once it's down the line. If, you know, if it's really a really big issue <laughs> you don't want to like yeah it. I um, agree I, I think it kind of like ties into our next question can a red <laughs> flag become a green flag because like one there's that one side of how many chances you know how much time can you really give someone before it's time to walk away but also where's the line of can it become a green flag like do either can- of you have experiences with a red flag becoming a green flag I can't think of anything off the top of my head but maybe you can. A little bit. I mean, I, I maybe not like from personal experience, but I think for ex- like an example, if someone spends a lot of time alone or seems like they're like hyper independent, maybe that could be a red flag. But then you realize that they're really working towards like a degree and they have to be alone mm-hmm. all the time studying or like there's probably reasons that you realize why the red flag is like what it is. Mm-hmm. And I think if you can see the light in it, um, then maybe, you know, you can turn it into a green flag. But I think that comes from understanding like the the yeah. reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's like a thin line between that and also like seeing red flags and being able to justify them and be and be like, oh, they have this trauma. That's why they do X, Y, Z. And yeah. it might not be something that's like acceptable to you, but because I've definitely done that. Um, like, so I feel like, yeah, there's like a very thin line of like, okay, are they a, a loner because Everett hates being around them? Or are they working really hard on their career and they just like can't spend that much time with other people right now yeah like or maybe they're introverted or like I don't know there's so many things that I think um it could turn once you like get to know them better yeah who knows exactly yeah yeah and like the next question what's a green flag that turned out to be a red flag I think one and I am guilty of this I like when someone is a little possessive because I'm possessive in like a fun and flirty way, I say. Like I'm not actually possessive, but sometimes I'll like, like my one friend and I, we always flirt with each other and he'll like be at the bar and I'll see him talking to a girl and I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to come snatch you. You know, like I like jokingly am possessive. And to me, I think that's fun and funny, but it very easily can become a red flag because that person cannot actually be joking. Yeah, or something of, like like giving each other a hard time through banter turns into like actual verbal abuse or yeah. I, I think it could, yeah, I think you could see things as like, oh, he knows how to play with me. And then like, uh-oh, he plays too far or something. Yeah. You never know. I, on yeah. both ends, I think once again, once you get to know somebody, it, it could flip, you know? Yeah. So, yes. Yeah, or like what I said earlier when I was like, maybe having a clingy partner is a green flag because you're also clingy. Um, in the past, I've been like, oh, I like that this person's clingy. And then eventually I get no alone time. And I'm like, I need to be alone. This is a red flag yeah. now because it's a bit too clingy for me. So yeah, yeah, I feel like 
things can change. And I feel like, you know, you hear that like phrase, I don't even know what the actual phrase is, but it's like the things that you like about someone in the beginning of the relationship are what you end up like disliking about they them. Towards about the end. Yeah. Yeah. Or it's like, it's like, oh, I love that they're always making jokes, but then you're like, oh, you can't ever take anything serious because you're always yeah. making jokes, like things like that. So I think that is uh, pretty common. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So here's another question. Is it a red flag if I always go to her margin of the river and she's always afraid of coming to mine? Um, I would say it honestly just depends on why. Like, are they not putting in the same amount of effort as you? Are they not willing to? Are you over it? Do you want them to be putting in that same amount of effort and coming to your little neck of the woods? Like, I don't know. Is it in um, both of your means, like financially? Right? is it one thing that I can think of like for me I live in kind of like a stereotypically worst part of town to me it's not that big of a deal but to me it would be a red flag mm-hmm. if someone's like oh I don't go down there or something yeah. you know like, like acted like they were too good for you yeah right. it's like that that's what popped into my head when I heard that was that kind of thing but it, it very easily could be but it could also just be something easy like they don't have the means to get there. They'd have to take three buses and a train mm-hmm. to get there, kind of thing, you know? Like, it, re- it really just depends. I'd say it's a yellow flag. <laughs> to yeah, you, it's one of those yellow flags. <laughs> it could be more of a point of understanding versus a point of contention. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's something you got to dig deeper into. Yeah. Um, speaking of like digging deeper and knowing this stuff, what is the best way to know if a red flag is your intuition or just paranoia? This is the best answer that I have for this. And it's not foolproof, but I think it's pretty close. My advice, if this is something that you're really mulling over in your head, hopefully you have some sort of trusted ally, like your best friend, your mom, your sibling, whoever it is. And Mm -hmm. I want you to go to that person and don't tell them who it is. Just say, is it a red flag if blah, 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 blah. And that person is going to be nice. So if they say any variation of this, um, I mean, well, then the answer is yes. And if, but if they, if they go, no, no, it's fine. No, that's fine. Then, okay, you're, you're good. But I think you'll know, like, if you ask them arbitrarily, I and like, not like a, Hey, I've been dating this guy. Do you think this is a red flag? But just almost mm-hmm. like you saw it in a meme. Like, do you think this is a red flag? I just saw this TikTok. And if they do that, like, ah, yes, it's a red flag. Yeah. That's that's yeah. my advice. Yeah. I was going to say, or if you're in my case um, with friends like Cheyenne and a mother like mm-hmm. mine, they are very much blunt and they will just be like, yes. <laughs> right. I'm that friend, they but not everybody the, is that friend. They don't pull that. Oh, they yeah, go, yeah. go to your blunt friends. <laughs> yeah, go to your blunt friends. Yeah, I'd yeah. say get an outside opinion. If they're straightforward, they'll tell you. And if they do the little like non-committal sound, you've gotten your answer and trust them because they have that outside judgment. There's you know that question about like, how do I know? How Why don't I know until it's too late? They have the outside, you know, like knowledge. So trust them. Mm-hmm. That's my, that's what I got. I agree. And then I also uh, wanted to say, I've been kind of working on this in therapy because I have a lot of paranoia. And sometimes I am like, maybe it's my intuition. Maybe it's my paranoia. I don't know, but it's like causing me a lot of distress. And what my therapist says is like, look for evidence that would Mm. prove X, Y, and Z and not just like 
oh, I feel like, or like, I don't know, like it has to be like concrete evidence that X means Y or whatever. I don't know how to, I don't know math, um, but <laughs> like look for actual <laughs> concrete evidence, not just, I feel like they meant this because they said this, like, no, it has to be concrete evidence. And then if you have that, okay, it's okay to be a little uh, suspicious, anxious, whatever the emotion is. But if not, what I've been kind of practicing lately is just kind of like letting go and not like ruminating on things that like I'm kind of making up in my mind because a lot of it is not (laughs) real and I just am like I don't know it's hard to explain because I feel like a lot of it is me trying to control people around me or situations by worrying obsessively about the outcome Mm. for situations that aren't even happening yet like just worrying obsessively about how would I react if xyz happen but like I'm just I'm just doing that because I just want to control the outcome, but really I'm not in control. It's like up to everyone around me. It's just like me trying to control things that are out of my control. And the only way to deal with that is just to like let go and move on. And every single week she's like, you need to distract yourself. And I'm like, so I'm going to therapy just to be told I need to like learn how to distract myself basically. But like a lot of it is like me trying to decipher between my intuition and my paranoia and a lot of the time I just have to chalk it up to it being paranoia and continuing about my day or else I just get in these negative thought spirals and have meltdowns. So like, I like what you said about the evidence though, you know, if you're paranoid, you got to go back to the evidence. Like, did they ever say that? Did they ever show Mm -hmm. me that? Have they showed me the opposite? You know? Yeah. It's a lot of self-talk and reassurance, which is hard, but that's the work. And I can like make anything evidence. I can make anything evidence if I want it, (laughs) if I want to believe it enough, but it's like, you have to be like, okay, are they going to leave me? Have they left me before in similar situations? Have they cheated on me before? Like there are like a lot of like different things where you have to like look at their past behaviors and, you know, reflect that into the future, but it's very uh, convoluted uh, and hard. Therapy is great for that. That goes into another question that we got, which is, (laughs) does once a cheater, always a cheater apply to lesbians too? Why wouldn't it? People, lesbians are just as much people as anybody else. Yes. (laughs) I don't think that once a cheater, always a cheater, though. I do think that people can learn and grow from their mistakes. I do Um, too. I just mean that. But like, yeah, everybody. Yeah, something's (laughs) going to apply to everyone. But yeah, I don't think once a cheater, always a cheater applies to anyone, but it can, but it it depends on the person, the work that they're willing to do, um, the work that the couple is willing to do, because sometimes it is like, I don't want to, I'm not trying to like victim blame or so say it's anyone else's fault, but like, it can be like a product of feeling like unloved in a relationship and maybe they tackled those feelings and they're, they're not going to cheat again. So like, I don't know, there are a lot of like different factors, but yeah, it applies to everyone, but also doesn't apply to everyone. Yeah. yeah. yeah I think if it's like how they go about talking to you about their cheating, like you know, we're like, oh, my ex is crazy. And I did Mm -hmm. this, but whatever. Then like, okay. Yeah. Red flags. But I did something I don't totally stand by when I was 16. Mm -hmm. That was pretty much half my life ago. And all of my most recent relationships, even with the mistake, I followed all the boundaries that were set in the relationship. So like, I, you know, I'm not once a cheater, always a cheater. I was Mm -hmm. in high school, you know, people grow up. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. That people learn sense. from their mistakes. They do it and they're like, like me personally, I've done it. And it's like, not something I want to do to someone again. Like it didn't feel good for me mm-hmm. either. So, you know, you like learn and grow from those things. And obviously not everyone does. Hence like the chronic cheating people. I would, yeah, I would yeah. take it as an orange flag. It's between a yellow and a red. <laughs> right. Don't do that like, to orange. Stop it. Yeah, That's my like, color. Don't put that disdain. No, just kidding. <laughs> it's between yellow and red. Okay. You got to keep an eye on it and you got to know that like it was something in the past, but you also have to really reflect on how they're addressing the situation and talking to you about it. Did you hear it from them? Did you hear it from someone else? Did you, mm-hmm. you know, like there's, there's so many things. So you'll know when it's more healthy than when it's just like, toxic yeah and in general I think people kind of just like one of my girlfriend's red flags I think sort of she doesn't like yelling and I grew up in a loud house and there was one point early in our relationship where and we don't fight very often this is like one of our only fights but one point in a relationship where I had like raised my voice a little and she was pretty upset with me the next day and it for her she just flat out was like yeah that can't happen or like this isn't gonna work mm-hmm. and I was like whoa to me that was something that was so normalized that I didn't even realize like how abrasive like mm-hmm. I was in that moment yeah. and I, like once she pointed it out to me like now I'm like so embarrassed and I so wish I'd never treated her like that in the first place and mm-hmm. it wasn't even you know it wasn't break up a bull by any means but in her mind it could have been because it was one of her red flags and so mm-hmm. uh, she gave me the grace of learning from it which is big and mm-hmm. I would never do it again because I know that to her it's not just me being emotional and passionate it's like damaging and mm-hmm. you know reframing things for yourself you can learn and so in any in any capacity like people can make mistakes and then not make them again now that doesn't mean that you should let somebody have patterns repeated over and over and you know but I I do think if you if you give somebody the, the grace and say this can't happen again they should give you the respect to then have it not happen again mm-hmm. yeah I don't know it seems like common sense agree. but it isn't always the case yeah for what happens yeah. but yeah right yeah and it can be hard to set those boundaries but like you de- you deserve to so you know, we all deserve a chances to grow from our shit, but we also all deserve chances to like stop allowing people to inflict things upon us or like set those boundaries. So it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's okay to meet a red flag. It's a balancing act. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. Yeah. yeah. This last one, they said it's not really a question, but they were sharing something we quoted in a previous episode. It's from Bojack Horseman. It was one of my favorite shows. The one girl was talking to Bojack. And she said, uh, it's funny when you look at someone with rose-colored glasses, all the red flags just look like flags. And I got season passes to six flags, baby. (laughs) (laughs) So just remember that, like, no matter how perfect someone seems, they're not. And to remember that you need to, like, look at them and not just be excited that you're talking to someone new or dating someone new and just really understand what you need and what you want and what your boundaries are. Going back to our boundaries episode. Yeah. I think it all goes back to just like taking someone at face value and not trying to change them or hoping that they'll change down the line because you can't guarantee that. You can just love someone for who they are and maybe that doesn't mesh with you. So maybe you should find someone who does because it's, it's very painful when you're hoping that things can change or people can change and they don't. So maybe just avoid that altogether by remembering that. 
Yeah. People are complex. Like human beings are complex. Mm -hmm. And so everyone's going to come with some red flags. You got to figure out which ones you can turn green and which ones are just not going to work. And Mm -hmm. it's hard to figure that out, but yeah, it takes practice, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You got to figure out who's keeping their baggage and matching, uh, carry-ons with you and who <laughs> who might maybe overpacked a little bit or just has like a little like drawstring back there I don't know I'm making like weird metaphors a baggage okay. yeah <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, yeah I got it eventually yeah. <laughs> and with that yeah. that's been our episode I hope you guys enjoyed thanks for listening make sure to go and do all the like, like, subscribe, follow things that you do on whatever platform you're listening to us on. Uh, make sure to follow us on social media. We're at Sapphic Survival Guide pretty much everywhere except for Twitter, where we are just Sapphic Survival. We have a Patreon you can subscribe to. Uh, we have a couple different tiers for that to get just some bonus content, access to our little group Discord where we, you know, get to talk and interact on a better and deeper level. Yeah, and that is patreon.com slash Sapphic Survival Guide. And then if you'd like to follow me on social media, I am at Lucky Sev with two Y's on pretty much anything. Uh, you can find me anywhere online at The Libra Gina, including my website, thelibragina.com. And you can listen to Um Hello wherever you listen to podcasts. Season two will be ready early 2023. And you can find me, Cheyenne, at Hot Mespian on pretty much any social media platform. And with that, class is now dismissed. <laughs>